<laughs> yeah, wild. Yeah, that was legit. Uh, it was Did anyone get burnt? You are? No. no. It doesn't count there. Sorry. <laughs> Does no one get burnt? It does not count. No cuts, no burns, nothing like that. I was expecting it. It was She's eating so healthy. <laughs> okay. Amen. Bye bye. We have a question for you. It came up today. Okay. Got to do with? Um, pasta. What the else? Pasta. <laughs> <laughs> There's one halacha that you guys are going to know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We were literally sitting at lunch having this discussion where we were like, but this, oh. this, and then there was like a teacher. shall be secondary infusion of taste. Yeah. Secondary infusion of taste. Yeah. So. <laughs> you're new, you're new, right? I'm new. I'm Jamie. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. I didn't mean to cause issues. Okay, it all started. Okay. I'm vegetarian, right? And uh, it was pasta. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have it with ketchup, but I was like, if I have this with butter, and then you can, yeah. I don't remember what, what I put it So the answer is, if you are, um, actually, even according to some Sfarim, you're not allowed. If you're Ashkenazi, for sure, you're not allowed to. And even if you're Sf- eat, eat with cheese at all. Like, on t- you can have it in the same milk, just not together. Or you can have a cup of milk, and then you can eat the pasta. You just can't put the milk on the pasta or the cheese in the pasta. Um, if you have already mixed the cheese with the pasta, then even if you're Ashkenazi, you would be allowed to. Because it's bidi of it. It's already mixed. We don't make you throw it out. Um, and if you have put the cheese in the pasta, then obviously it would have to be heated up in a milk microwave. Can you heat the pasta in a without the cheese? Yeah, yeah you can. In but, a milk so if yeah. you heat it up, you heat it in a milk bowl also. If you heat it up in the milk microwave, mm-hmm. what happens to the milk microwave? Nothing. It stays milk. It's fine then, even though the pasta was cooked in like a pan that once cooked chicken. So what a is clean this? pan? Clean pan, right? Yeah. No, what is this 24 hours? And then right here, and it's a place kitchen, so, but we don't know if that pan was meat or whatever. No, but was it clean when the pasta was cooked? Like it could have, no, yeah. Well, well, he would take a, d- he would take a dirty, dirty meat pot and cook pasta. No, no, no. How clean is the mind of the program? The pasta is vegetarian, so Yeah, if it wasn't cooked with meat. So, let's say the Pan, That's what they said? If they yeah. haven't made this part? Yeah, okay. So that's well, what if the pan is just to cook chicken, <laughs> and then you wash it out, let's say you scrub it, and you can make pasta in it right away? Yeah. And you just heat that pasta up in a milk microwave? Yeah, but without milk. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if I was eating, I'm vegetarian, so I was eating, let's say I ate the pasta with ketchup, and then uh-huh. I toast and butter on the side. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You can have it in the same meal, as long so as it's not together. I just don't want to get into it because we're, we're discussing a whole different concept today. <laughs> and it'll take a bit yeah, of a while. You can ask, well, I think the girls know it pretty well, so you can ask. Okay. They should get it pretty well. I just was starting a whole new concept today. Yeah. An entirely different field of halacha. And that field is Shabbos. We're going back to Shabbos. I think we exhausted as a, she's not here. I don't know her name, but from Holland. 
She was yes. getting very frustrated with the knives and the taste and everything. So uh, we decided. Oh, she says she's not listening. Okay. So, <laughs> so we're gonna go. What's she doing? Whatever she wants. So we're gonna get to a a discussion on the laws of Shabbos, which, as I like mentioning, Shabbos happens. It's very important to the halachas because Shabbos is a seventh of your lives. It's very important to know the halachas Shabbos. Kashrus is like three times a day also, so it's pretty important. Oh, for some people, <laughs> for some people, exactly, it could be here. Exactly, between preparing and shopping and cooking and eating, it could be here. Uh, mm. Okay. 16, so Shabbos, we know, is divided into uh, different... Uh, you actually know. Yeah, Shabbos is many different forms. I, I, we've, talk, we've learned Shabbos because some hill of Shabbos, right at the beginning of the year, I don't know how many people were here. Besides the Shulchot, anyone? We also learned some with um, Rabbi Allen. Rabbi Allen. Is he new? Yeah. Well, he was. He doesn't teach anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. What did you learn with him? Um, we learned about the... What were we learning about? Muxa. Oh, like Muxa. Like the mm-hmm. items and like, even on top of another item. Cool. We touched upon that, actually. Right, right. Yeah. We spent actually three classes on Muxa. We didn't... Actually, we didn't touch that exact thing on Muxa. Okay. Anyway, so Shabbos is divided up into many, many, many different sections. There's the conduct on Shabbos, such as starting from um, preparing for Shabbos, what you're allowed to do on Friday afternoon or not, such as going on travels, eating for a su'udah, washing your hands, Friday afternoon, Arab Shabbos, all these different halachas. There's the laws of uh, Friday night, Shabbos morning, the davening, the benching, the washing, the two chalas, the kiddush, or everything like the daily conduct of Shabbos. And then there's the laws of the prohibitions on Shabbos. 39 prohibitions. So when you open up a Shulchan Aruch, a code of Jewish law, and you want to study Yochel Shabbos, you'll see it's divided into that. The first section is all going throughout the, the conduct that a person does on Shabbos, starting from Erev Shabbos all the way up until uh, Havdalah. Malaf Malka. And then the next part is dealing with all the prohibitions which you know a lot to do throughout the entire Shabbos day. And we've discussed um, quite a few months ago why it's so important to know the prohibitions. We gave different examples, and I don't want to go into that now. I want to jump straight into a specific prohibition because that's the only way to learn it. Each prohibition has its own specific parameters, ideas, and we'll try to discuss it. I don't think we'll finish it this week, but hopefully between this week and next we'll finish it. So, the prohibition I want to discuss today in Hebrew is koisev, which is writing. It's a translation. Like we've mentioned in the past, translations of the 39 malachas are very not useful because it is a concept, an idea. And to sum up an entire concept and idea into one word generally doesn't work. So, in Hebrew, it's koisev. Translation of koisev in English is writing. And that's what we'll call it. But it's going to be the symbolic act of writing, which we'll, we will get into in a second. Let's first just discuss what is the source for this prohibition. How do we know that kisev, or writing, is prohibited on Shabbos? So like all the other 39 primary prohibitions on Shabbos, the rabbis learnt it out from the, in the Gemara, it discusses that the 39, yep? Sorry, how do you spell this person? In Hebrew? Yeah. Chaf. Vav, Tav, 
Base or Vase. Hold on. Hold on. Chavav Taf Base. So where do we find this prohibition? It's like all the other 39 prohibitions. We find that it is the acts which were taking place with the building of the Mishkan, or the tabernacle, which accompanied the Jews throughout their sojourning in the desert and the subsequent time in Eretz Yisrael until the building of the Beis HaMikdash. So we've discussed this machlokas before was it the 39 acts involved in the building or involved in the daily service uh, that's a, a a discussion which doesn't have much application in the halachic principles of so where do they do writing in the building of the base of Mikdash um, in the building of the Mishkan so we learnt in the Chumash a few three months ago in Parshas of Truma Tetzav in the book of Exodus, when he talks about the building of the Mishkan, that the walls of the Mishkan were made out of, called Kroshim, which were beams, made out of Atzishitim, acacia wood, and they were, it had to be, it was, it was a structure, it had to be able to take in apart and put up again with relative, relative ease, right? So they had these kind of pillars of wood, <coughs> which got stuck into these, sockets and they got held together by these um, metal rods which ran through them and on top of them to kind of hold them together so the exact construction of the Mishkan isn't so important over here but what's important to know is that each beam each keresh each pillar had its specific place when they would erect the pillars to form the walls of the Mishkan and how would they know which pillar or which beam went to the pillar next to it? So they would make markings on the pillars, Aleph, Aleph, and then Aleph, Beis, and Beis, Gimel, in order that they would know how to set up the walls, the pillars of the Mishkan, when they would have to set it up. So they would make markings, they would write on the pillars different letters. So that is where we find the idea of writing got to do with the Mishkan. That's one opinion. The other opinion is that when they would figure out the exact calculations of the donations brought into the Mishkan from all the different amounts of silver, gold, copper, and what have you, so they would write it up, they would figure it out with calculations and write it up as a final tally, so they also had the idea of writing in the Mishkan over there. Um, not so important for practical halacha as to where they got it from, it's just more of an interesting background information. Okay, so... Even though in the base of English it was writing, like we said, writing is only the very loose idea. So I'm going to give you a pretty good definition, I think. Okay, you ready? So you can write this down. The basic concept of cursive is forming any kind of letter, symbol, picture, or design that conveys a particular meaning or represents an idea, and this is in any language. Okay, I'll say it again. It's forming any kind of letter, symbol, picture or design that conveys a particular meaning or represents an idea. I'm going to give lots of different examples. I'm sorry, that conveys a... Particular meaning or a meaning or represents an idea. So a scribble would not be the biblical idea of writing. But drawing a flower 
would be or a smiley face would be uh, taking a a chisel and just randomly hitting at a rock wouldn't be the biblically form of writing but chiseling out a design would be right um, this is the biblical definition of writing mm -hmm. so if you're chiseling something out but you only do it halfway that you haven't actually created a form with it's bad, design you're still not allowed. Even if you write one letter and you didn't write a word, you're not allowed. We'll get there. We're going to get there. Okay, so on the biblical level, the writing or this writing idea, right, the forming of letters, symbols, pictures, designs, is with a permanent writing on a permanent surface. So ink on paper something or, or 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 chiseling out on stone something which is going to last and if you do an act like that you are you have transgressed the biblical level of kosev but the rabbis came along and they wanted to put a siog which is a safeguard as they so commonly do and they said that even if it is non-lasting writing on a non-lasting surface it is still prohibited and in Hebrew, that would be a ksiva she'ene miskayim. It's a non-lasting writing that is still prohibited. So there are many examples of that. But a very common application of that is to write in the mist on a window. Right? So if it's frosty outside, and you write in the mist of a window. So as soon as it warms up a little bit, that's going to be gone. Or if it gets cold, it will cover over. Or you're riding on the, on the hood of a dusty car. Or on the, on the side of a bottle, a frosted, cold water chalk on the chalkboard chalk, chalk is worse than that yeah. yeah it would be yeah chalk would be worse than that what about um you know those toys but again it's for sure under that right you know the toys well we're gonna get we're gonna get everywhere and if we don't then we'll ask okay so the, the idea of the difference in the biblical and rabbinic level um, is important insofar as to know when you're in situations where one needs to write for a, in, in a life and death situation or mitzvah for the, to do a mitzvah which we will discuss then it makes a difference to know if it's on a biblical or rabbinic level how to write in order to do it the most kosher way possible so um, in the army for example you know, there's a lot of religious Jews in the army. So on Shabbos, they have like these Shabbos pens um, that the ink is very weak and it will fade after 24 hours. And therefore, right after Shabbos, they then have to recopy whatever writing that they did. Because if it's so they've only transgressed, they have to do writing. That you know, when you're doing security, it's a matter of pikuach nefesh of of of, uh, of saving lives. You know, if there was no army, then we wouldn't be here. So they have to do what they need to do, but they do it in the most kosher way possible. Um, I think nowadays also they use a lot of computers, which is also writing on a computer screen, which is also a lot less problematic than writing with a pen and paper. It transgresses other issues. Other issues, yeah, but almost always, biblical, almost always rabbinic issues, not biblical issues. Um, hospitals like uh, from hospitals like Shari Tzedek have non-Jewish workers and they dictate to the non-Jewish workers what to write or they'll tell them what to do if it's for simple procedures 
And again, that was transgression of Amir Akum, which is getting a non-Jew to do a prohibited act for you, which is prohibited, but that's rabbinically prohibited. So if it's between yourself doing it or getting a non-Jew to do it for you, and it needs to be done, so you'll get the non-Jew to do it for you. And there's many, many other examples. Okay. Um, this making a letter, symbol, design, or whatever it is that we're making, which constitutes the malacha of kaisev, could be done in many, many ways. So I'm going to give you, it could be, you wrote it with a pen, you scratched it out, like you took a paper and you scratched like a, a knife point on a paper and you made, you know, wrote it like that. You engraved it, you etched it, so in, the, you can engrave and etch, and the difference is like engrave is where you have like a, the letters are in, so the surface is the original level and you've engraved letters inside, and etching is where you uh, take away around the letter so the letter protrudes, right? And even if that's not the correct translation, that's two ideas. There's one where you engrave the letter in, and there's one where you take out around the letter, so the letter protrudes in boss. Right, in boss the same as etching. How you etch to emboss? You etch to emboss, right? Right, etching causes the embossed letters, I think it is. And it, the point is, the point is, making a letter, no matter how you do it, even if you just scratch around, so you don't actually write a letter. Right? You've just scratched around and a letter formed itself. That's still prohibited. Because you have cause. You have cause that. Um, stamping. Like a, a rubber stamp. Um, um, embossing, which is more of like um, certificates they can put like on a sticker. They emboss it with like the, the seal of the school or whatever it is. All these things, when you make some form of an image, um, or writing, or lettering, is prohibited under the malacha of Kaysef. Like forming it with clay? Yeah. Such as... You take, you take like a piece of clay, and you make the letter with... Yeah, the that's also... Yeah, strand. continue. Well, you it's prohibited also. The image, you can't use clay? You cannot play with clay, inshallah, no. Besides the fact that it's like very muksa, it's like top level of muksa. Why? Why is it muksa? You get clay that doesn't like harden. Yeah, it's muksa because it's muksa machmaskufoi. If it's played like like oh like clay which is meant to be played with for kids like yeah. play-doh style, so that's less muksa. But that's it, it's not the problem. There isn't so much muksa. The problem there is boina. It's considered is it considered to be building or not? Uh, it's a temporary structure because it's going to be crushed down and built again, but nonetheless, it would still be problematic because of Boina. To argue that, to ask cupcakes? What's that? Ask cupcakes? Ice cupcakes? No. Mm-hmm. Because of this. Like, make a design of cupcakes? Yeah. You're not allowed it because of this. That's like literally what we do in children's Yeah, design. You can't, like, build On Shabbos, you ice cupcakes? I mean,. I'm not asking what you do, but is that's it different, no. is it different You're not allowed to ice cups and shops. That's is it different on shops and yomtev? No, not this. There are differences, but not with this. Do you this. mean like making like flowers on the cupcake or just like putting icing on? No, like as in like, okay, kids, here's cupcakes. Make intricate it's, designs, like make smiley faces yeah. or whatever. Very intricate, right? But <laughs> 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 like, or like even like making a little house in on a cupcake. Yeah, yeah, no. That's an issue? Yeah. 
But regular icing. You can't build with Play-Doh or like clay, but you can't build with like blocks. Right, so no blocks you can. Like Lego oh. and stuff you can, yeah. I don't wanna get into Buena now, it's not so much our topic, yeah. Yeah. Fine. Um and if you're if if you if if you're reading a book and you wanna make some kind of a uh a, 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 a sign with a with a sharp thing to make a mark that you you know, you're up to there and reading or you're there's a mistake over here and you want to inform the author or whatever it is, even with your fingernail that would not be allowed because this is a sign which has a, conveys a message to you to tell you to look back here because there's a mistake or you want to write this as a note for yourself. But you can do it like this? What's, oh, bending is a different different thing. It's not under cohesive. Um, oh, what about for adults? Scrabble. Oh, we'll get there. Okay. Um, Wait, what so if the icing's going to be eaten? Like, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that they say, like, it's not, you're literally asking to eat it. Okay. Like, you make a little smiley face, but it's to be eaten. I'm making a fire <laughs> to get warm. <laughs> I'm just not understanding the logic. I'm not forming, understanding what you're saying. But that's forming a symbol or design. What's that? So I said even, so that it would be, it would be, obvi- it would obviously be rabbinic. <laughs> Because it's, it's, it's non-permanent. It's totally right? non-permanent. Like, you're bringing flowers, it's like, mm. happiness. I'll be interested, you know, but it could be, you know, be interesting to see why, yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll ask something. Please. Why, like, so because so I've like, done it before, it shows. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Just so you're saying, like, up. writing on, on a Correct. Correct. Any temporary form of writing is a rabbinic transgression. Like which, means it's tra- which means it's which means it's prohibited, right? It's prohibited. There's not like we don't we don't do it. Oh, it's prohibited. Hello. 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 Say again. No, it's rabbinic prohibited, but that's still prohibited. No, the malachot are biblical, but there are many derivatives of the malachot, which some of them are rabbinic, some are biblical. <laughs> like the the safeguards around the malacha, a lot of them are rabbinic in nature, because either. They resemble very they, they resemble very closely biblical. We don't want people to get confused. Or when you do not do, you might come to do the rabbinic, the biblical, yeah. and therefore we not allowed to do it. There are different reasons why the rabbis made different decrees. It will be an interesting class maybe to give one time. There's many different styles of decrees. Okay. Um, we're going to go through now a bunch of different forms of Kosev and we're going to give different examples of what they are and hopefully we're going to cover most of our questions which are going to be coming up. Okay, so first of all, um, this is a funny exception which you would think would be prohibited but it's not. If letters exist already, uh, putting them uh, together is not prohibited unless you're affixing them to the surface. Okay, that sounds complicated, I'll explain. So like Scrabble. Oh, so like Scrabble, but Scrabble's an awesome example because there's two kinds of Scrabble sets oh, you can buy. Like uh, you can buy like a deluxe Scrabble set, or you can buy like a regular El Chivo Scrabble set. 
<laughs> and the difference between the two is, I guess one of the differences, is that the deluxe scrabble set has like grooves where the letters sit in and it kind of fixes them in there. Whereas the regular scrabble set, you just place it down and, and, and they, you know, if somebody knocks the board by mistake, you lose it all. So, you know, who cares? What's the difference? So the difference is, is, is very applicable for us. Because when the letters are affixed together to form a word, then you have made a word, you have made a sentence, or whatever you've made, you've made a scrabble word, scrabble words are also words. But if the letters are just sitting next to each other, in other words, the letters were already existing. I didn't write the letter A on the scrabble tile, that letter A was there. And the letter S next to it, I didn't create either, it was there. I put them together. As long as there is nothing holding them together, such as in the deluxe case, then that is permissible to do on Shabbos. Okay? Another example would be in Shul, where they have like these, uh, they want to announce the page numbers. Instead of announcing them, they have like the letters up there. So, and, and up at the top, like next to the, right? You know what I'm talking about? And they kind of show the page numbers where they're holding. It's in the magnet. middle. Of... People do have magnets. They do with magnets? Well, they swing. Sometimes it's like swing things, like a flipboard. So if you're affixing the letters into something, then <coughs> you wouldn't be allowed to do that. But if they're just standing next to each other, such as magnets, or such as a this, like these swingy things, right? Like you have, you know, three packages of up to ten, and you can make like letters, make uh, numbers. So that would be permitted to do even though you're building some kind of a, a number but you're not writing a number and you're not affixing the numbers next to each other so just think of a scrabble case the deluxe scrabble set versus the regular scrabble set and that's a perfect example of i didn't create a letter the letters exist i'm just putting letters together and as long as i'm not affixing the letters on some kind of a surface i'm allowed to do that as soon as they become what's that is a magnet not You're asking good. So maybe the magnet. You're asking a good question. Maybe the magnets would be. Awesome. We have a magnet. I know magnets. <laughs> oh no. No 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 no. Wait no no. Uh, wait. Is it, you're allowed to have magnets. The question is that you're allowed to write together with magnets. Is that considered to be a fixing on it? Yeah, they do the page. <laughs> no. My my shoulders are allowed. No. They do not allow. Yeah. You're right. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Magnet is not like just putting the magnets. Will be like the scrabble with it. Good, good, what good point. Very good point. The like spiral ones. That's fine. Yeah, because they're already fixed together next to each okay. other, and you're just cha- okay. you're just rearranging the order of it. That, that's like a briefcase, like a like a uh, any lock, any code. But if it wasn't a fix, like you have to like take it off and then put it. Back you have to on. take it off and put it back on, and are they next to each other? Could be problematic. We are putting on a hook. The, the rule is like this: when you are fixing existing letters next to each other on on a back on a background on a surface if they are fixing it there that's not allowed placing next to each other is allowed so if you have different cards you're allowed to place it next to each other of letters you're allowed to place each other to make a word so magnet is probably considered to be a fixing yeah it's probably not allowed can you put something on the wall with a stick no you're not allowed to stick stuff on the wall it's a whole different lock you're not allowed oh, to stick you're not allowed to stick things with plastic <laughs> With with sticky tape or blue tack or no stickers, you're not allowed to take on and put off. No, no, no all these things you're not allowed. What? Velcro, Velcro, you're allowed because it's made to take on and off. So it's a magnet. It says a magnet, you're allowed. I didn't say magnets are not allowed. 
the question is, are magnets allowed to form letters? Oh, so like, if you have a felt letters. Yeah, Velcro letters would be not allowed. Oh, like, there's felt letters which gets, like, kids play with, that get stuck to, like, I don't know what the backing is. Yeah, felt yeah. also. That's not allowed. Like, the magnet letters that go on, like, a fridge or something. And to, so you're allowed to use a magnet, but to make form a, to a form word out of that, you probably would not be allowed. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thank you for that. would be more acceptable than Scrabble? How does bananograms work? Bananograms is like you create your own Scrabble board. Like Scrabble uh, makes you put the it's technically you're fixing. There's no board. There's, there's no board on bananograms. So it'd be like a non-deluxe Scrabble set. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's so you'd be allowed to do that. But there's no board. So you create your own Scrabble. So you'd you'd be allowed to do that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hello. Scrabble itself is halachly okay as long as the letters aren't affixed into any kind of fixture. What about also like? Design. Maybe. 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 Oh, so even not out of mind. Okay, we're gonna get this out. Okay, so what? What? Okay, so what happens if I do? Um, this again. This was a leniency only if the letters already exist. But to put different pieces of paper together to form the letters is not allowed, or to form a picture is not allowed. Hence, a puzzle is prohibited because a puzzle is taking many different pictures and forming uh, taking many different pieces which aren't something by itself and forming it to create a picture and we said that a picture is just like writing it's the same prohibition of cursive so doing a puzzle would not be allowed or putting pieces together to form a picture and each one independently is nothing would also not be allowed. Yeah. What about those like young children puzzles where like the whole piece comes out, like you know, like a little thing sticking out of it on oh, like, the board, and you can like, like a circle, lift a circle, the thing out of it, right? Does no. That make sense? I, I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know what you're And like this is like the piece that's sitting in the board, and there's like a little thing sticking out, uh-huh. and like when you lift it, that whole piece comes out. Is that allowed or no? Are you building a picture with the separate pieces? No, it's like kind a of. cognitive thing. Like, can the child understand that this that this random? Shape oh, you know, here? the question is: Are you are you building are you building an image? The, the the problem with the puzzle is this: that through the putting pieces together, you're building an image. You're writing an image. I don't know. Is, is there an image you're building, or you're just Depends. trying to figure out you're to put the shapes in the right place? Right if you're just putting the like you have like putting the right place, like the right shapes in the right area, yeah. that would be fine. But if okay. they're building an image, that would be more problematic. Sometimes it's oh, like an it's ocean. Like, what, if you're what, you call, like, what do you call an image? Because right. like, usually the, the circle will be blue, blue and the board is wooden. So like, this is the wooden board and this is the empty space. And my blue <laughs> rectangle is going in there. Is that a picture? I don't Kinda. think so. I don't think so. No? Pictures like like where you're, you've built something which is meaningful. It has some kind of a message or a meaning oh, yeah. or mm-hmm. symbol or... So if you give someone pieces of paper and you're like, do whatever you want with it, build a picture. I mean, like, like put all the pieces of paper to form a picture, that's not okay. Like, taking Cheerios and <laughs> writing something out of Cheerios would not be allowed. <laughs> If that's the question. What's that? Yeah, there's a, a picture and writing is the same idea. It's forming an image. You can't take Cheerios or pieces of rice. Piece of rice are muksa anyway. But you can't take you can't well, well cooked rice, uh, not cooked rice. Right, cooked rice would be gross. You can't take pictures. You can't take pieces of uh, Cheerios or, or jelly beans or anything and make and, and, and write something out of it or make a. But if the wind blows, like the paper, it's gone. Yeah, but we said even temporary is forbidden rabbinically. But 
What about making a shape? So like there's these logic puzzles where you have different types of triangles and you have to make this bigger shape out of the... Oh. Well, if, if, that, if this isn't considered a picture... Are you making some kind of a, a, a picture? Or the point is like a puzzle to figure out how to take it's it apart? It's a puzzle, but it could be a picture. Sometimes it looks like a bird or sometimes it looks like... Star. If you have to figure out the right way to place the block, of course, I, it will probably depend on. I, I, are you making an image here, or are you just trying to figure out how the blocks like are put together? Well, I mean, the idea is the puzzle for sure, but like, well, but like, and any others, the puzzle to make a picture, or the puzzle like the the quiz behind. Yeah, you don't need to make a bird out of the thing. Right. Interesting question. Yeah. They even go. You know, there's like three, like the like the little metal pins that you stick your hand in. Yeah. And yeah. so even that, I saw they, they brought down that they weren't so happy with that because you're forming an image with that. Even though it's totally temporary. That's totally temporary. What about walking in sand? Uh, okay, good, good, good question. We're going to get to that in a Snow, sand. We're going to get to that in a second. I just have a question back with magnets. Um, what if they're like each. Have you ever seen those magnets that have like our actual words? Like, the whole magnet's a word? Yeah, like okay. people have them on their fridge and they'll write like, Shabbos is tonight. Like, there's like three different magnets, let's say. Like, if you arrange those into a sentence, like, or move them around or touch them, is that like allowed? So that would be like what we mentioned before, yeah. that it's like you're putting it on an actual backing. Yeah. They're being held by something. It's so like they're always on like the fridge, let's say. Right, but you've arranged in some kind yeah. of a backing. Yeah, so arranging them is not okay. But I think that would be problem. Yeah, yeah, you're allowed to even take it on and off in the fridge, as long as you don't make it in some kind of a backing. Yeah, that would be, it's, that's the same question that... So it's yeah. a good point. I, I think it wouldn't. Someone asked about like letters and stuff. Right, using so actual yeah. words. I think it wouldn't be okay, but I'll I'll have to get back to you on that one. Yeah. yeah. If I want to remember something during Shabbos, can I use Scrabble letters to write out like milk, like by milk? As long as they're not fixed, fixed as long as they're loose. Mm-hmm. There could be a separate issue of preparing on Shabbos for after Shabbos. Different discussion. Yeah. Um, there's another, but once we're mentioning born names, there are there are those which say that born names which you would normally write things down for um, are not allowed to play on Shabbos because we're very afraid you're going to come to write things down. So if you if, if, if what's that? People use like books. Oh, so so as I was going to say so uh, so if you always write down stuff, then it will be questionable. You'll ask your rabbi, can you continue playing with this board game? But let's say you don't always write down, but you do like to keep track. So the good trick is you take like a fat dictionary and you just stick a, you know, whatever it is, a card into where you're holding and then you can keep track of the scores. It's just the good trick that people do. That's Scrabble. Scrabble, yeah, something like something like. Okay, let's let's get to a bit more. Um, molding or cutting out letters and shape, we said, is 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 prohibited. And a practical application of that would be uh, fruit designing. People like to, especially out of like watermelons and these kinds of things, they make very cool. If you go on, what's that website called? Pinterest. There's some really cool designs that they make like, you think it's for sure fake. They carve out of like watermelons. Watermelon's cool because you have three colors. You have the green and the white and the red. So they can do really cool things. Um, that's also prohibited. Like an ice cream scooper? You're just scooping a bowl of ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not making a, a picture or conveying any meaningful. Oh, you're not a cut a piece of cake. No, no, no. Again, the issue over here is let's get it. The issue over here is that you're making like a meaningful picture, design, uh, etc. Something to that effect. Cutting a piece of cake into uh, cake pieces 
There's nothing meaningful to that. That's just a way to cut up, cut up chicken into pieces. There's no issue with that. Scooping ice cream isn't an issue. You're not making anything. But if you, you know, cut a piece of cake into like a perfect flour, I don't even know how you do it. But whatever it is, you know, if you make a design out of the cutting of the cake, that would be but problematic. You can't take a piece of cake and take a cookie cutter right. and be like, okay, I want the, yeah. and just Correct. put that'd it be problematic. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or I'm taking or, a cookie cutter on like a piece of cake and like making all different things. That would be problematic. Or like arrange cupcakes in a letter. Arranging cupcakes in a letter problematic also. In a what? In a letter. Yeah. It'd be like, like taking Cheerios and writing or... something. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. We'll get we'll get to. But isn't it loose? What's that? It's loose. If you're like. Ah, okay. Someone answer. Oh, what it's about not like those like It's not a pre-existing letter. It's not a pre again the archaeology okay, the idea of loose and not loose mm-hmm. only helped if it's already a pre existing letter. What if you have But to create a letter, even out of loose mm-hmm. particles will not help. So it's like Cheerios to create a letter out of that will not help, even though they're very, very loose. Okay. I'm the example seeing... of Scrabble is good because there's already a pre existing letter on it. So, yeah. But I'm not seeing the difference between having a and then, so wait, if you have three cupcakes no, if two cupcakes that say happy birthday or whatever in that idea that, like, let's just say each cupcake has its own thing and you just put them in a line next to each other. Is that okay to do? They would be allowed to do because there's a pre-existing word or letter and you're just putting it together without any backing. It's not, it's not affixed to anything. But shaping yeah. it out with that thing. Shaping it out with the actual cupcake there, you're forming the actual letter that you wouldn't be allowed to do. Or making a heart. What about... Or making a heart, yeah, design or anything. Like, it's this new yeah. thing also to, like, make cakes out of, like, a big cake out of little cupcakes. Like, you stack them together and you just, like, do a huge frosting that, like, connects the All right, cupcakes. I know what you're talking about, yeah. And you pull apart the cupcake and you pull apart the photo, the picture, whatever. Is that a problem? Ah, so that's gonna... That, that's the, the flip side of Kosev is... Is, 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 uh, is, uh, machik, where you're destroying, destroying a letter, wiping out. We'll get there. Hopefully by sometime with this class or the next class. It's very practical when you're dealing with writing on a cake and you want to cut the cake. Are you allowed to do that? It happens the whole time. If you had like, um, a styrofoam or whatever type of foam it is, board with like kebab sticks and you want to put the cake... Like, let's say it's the letter ones. Like, each cupcake has a letter on it. So the pre-existing letters, but it's affixed. Because it's, like, on a stick. So you wouldn't... That would be, that's like, the scrub like with the deluxe. Yeah, that would be problematic. Yeah, okay. Um, it's funny, because you wouldn't think it's 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 uh, so practical. But the, the, the invisible ink, like, kids buy it. So the Gemara already discusses such a case. In the, in the Yosham, it discusses that in the Mizrach, in the East... They were very clever, and they knew how to make some kind of uh, send messages with this invisible ink. So that's prohibited. It's a question if it's biblical or rabbinic, but it's prohibited. And to reveal the message behind the hidden ink is also prohibited. Which leads people to wonder about these thermometers that when you... Like the one-time use thermometers that they... I don't know exactly how they work, but they... The temperature that you are gets revealed on the stick of the thermometer yeah so he, you're revealing a hidden you're writing this hidden letter now though, though, there's there's all numbers there but if you're sick and you need to know what your temperature is so it depends how sick you are yeah. they're sick and they're sick right children sick is considered to be gravely sick even if they're not gravely sick right sure. yeah so if, if, if you know you're sick you just want to find out where you're holding so it's a question it's questionable <laughs> that's questionable um, it's just a funny application of this invisible ink 
idea that you're revealing a, a writing which is there and through your action you're revealing that. And that's English. It's questionable. I think oh. it's questionable. It's like uh, almost a lot, like a, also a digital watch. Have you seen digital watch? Digital watch? Yeah. What happens to digital watch? You say, like, if you turn it on, because also have a letter in there, and you're just like activating. Oh, you're saying digital watches have all, like, the eight. Is everything's yeah. in that eight, right? Uh huh. So we're going to get to writing digital. So writing yeah. digital is, is mainly theoretical because you're not allowed to write digital anyway because it's Shabbos. It's, 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 a, it's a electricity, which the issue of electricity is complicated, we could discuss at a later date, but you're not allowed to create electricity currents or anything to that effect. Um, but the writing aspect of it, okay, once you brought it up, I guess we'll discuss it. It's interesting because, so on Shabbos, it's not applicable because you're not allowed to write on a computer anyway. But let's just discuss, is computer writing considered to be writing? So the answer would be that it's probably not because there's, no, there's nothing there. You didn't do anything. You've uh, made some kind of a message on a silicon chip which is like in the form of like electrical waves. I, I don't know too much about technology, but however that information is stored on, on, on the chip that it's stored on, it's definitely uh, not in any uh, eligible, intelligent, vis- visible way. It, it, there's nothing there that Allah can see and says it's something. But wouldn't it be considered temporary when you're finding something on a screen? But what's the screen? What, what is that? It's light? What are you doing? Well, what's forming on the screen? Is there anything, of, is there, anything there even? Is that considered to be anything? See it. I'm allowed to go like this in the air and draw that in the air. You're like in a shadow. Like, can you make a light show? Uh, from, uh, like a light show. You see, you have a yeah. powerful line from a light show. I would assume that, yeah, you're not doing anything. So it's considered by Mamish. Interesting. So, it's not totally theoretical because this issue comes up with Halamoid. Which is the intermediate days of Yom Tov, of Sukkot and Pesach, you're allowed to do a lot of malachas. You're allowed to do a lot of. But one of the malachas you're not allowed to do is writing. Aware or not aware, writing is very uh, uh, problematic in Chalamoid. So I'm allowed to use a computer, I'm allowed to write on a computer. So that's where this issue is uh, computer writing considered to be writing comes in, into a practical question. Are you allowed to type on a computer during Chalamoid or not? Is it considered to be writing? Wait, is it? It's like abstract on Chalamoid. With all the like, no, no. Yeah. Okay, or, or you. We, that's a complicated yeah, like, question. Cupcakes and the platter and the no, no, because no, it is. Yeah. yeah, it's not as strict, but the basic laws still apply. So, it's just an interesting question. Is writing considered to be writing? Most tend to say that it's a lot more maker. You are allowed to write. They say you should refrain from writing long documents, but you are allowed to write. Oh, like texting on a phone would be the same thing. I had a text on Chalamet. <laughs> so I have heard people that don't, but it most, most allow, most consider, it's not considered to be writing. But you should definitely refer to writing long essays or anything that you need to do. And printing it is more problematic because here you're actually doing writing. You've, you've taken that and you've, it's a grammar, but you've taken that writing and you've, you've made it writing. You've made it something. Else. Okay, um, photos. Photos are problematic because photos, you're making an image. So asi- aside for the electrical uh, elements involved in photos, I think in the older days, I don't know exactly how it worked, but they had like the, they didn't use electricity when they were making photos, I don't think. I don't know, they had some of the black room, in the, I don't even know how they did it, but I don't know exactly how, however it works, is making an image on that photo is you're making a picture, you're making an image on the, on, on the, on the, on the, on the photo that you're not allowed to do, uh, which is interesting, so I'm not allowed to tell a non to take a photo of me. 
Because he's. Yeah. No, 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 and especially if it's gonna, especially if it's gonna get printed. Yeah. So it's, so it's a good question. It's, right. So di- digital, digital would be less, but especially if it's the older day photos, which made an actual imprint on the film. Right. That's how it works. The older day photos. So you took the photo, it made a physical picture, on the film. So that's for sure would be prohibited. Uh, so, because a non-Jew uh, is again, that's Amir Akum telling a non-Jew to do a malacha for you, which you're not allowed to do. Um, but it, it happens to me the whole time. If you're if a tourist is coming to take pictures of you, you don't have to avoid having a picture taken of you, because you're not commanded that the guy should keep Shabbos. There's no mitzvah for a guy to keep Shabbos. So, if a non-Jew takes a picture of you, as long as he's doing it for himself. You don't have to avoid that picture being taken. Mm-hmm. Like, shut like that, right? What if the, you took a picture and then you printed it out? You did your own picture? Are you allowed to print out pictures from Cholomite? Of, of like, let's say you take a picture over Cholomite and then you print it out. That's a good question. I know people that won't turn lights if it's on Cholomite if they don't need it. Whatever. Cholomite is a very interesting... Like no, it's not. <laughs> That's how it comes out. It's not. <laughs> But it's very tricky. It's like, I know some people travel in Chalma and are super stark, and then, like, some people don't. Right. And I, I'm telling you, it's very tricky, Chalma, exactly when you're allowed to do it, when you're allowed to If it's for pleasure, not for pleasure, going... Are you allowed to take pictures? Some people have Chalma almost like a Yom Tov. Are you allowed to take pictures? I, 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 don't, I don't want to tell it to you, but apparently you're not allowed to, unless it's a Davara Avur, if it's your profession. If it's something you're going to lose, and you need it so for like now. taking a picture of a trip. So just like selfieing in the picture isn't really a double <laughs> awkward. Oh, yeah. you know? It's a really big deal. Yeah, I know. I'm just telling <laughs> like, you. That's why I don't. You're gonna lose it if you don't take it. Like you're gonna like lose it the moment. So is that considered to double awkward, right? No. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. Well, okay, it's not. It's, it can't be that tricky. What? It's like straight up. You can't. Is it straight up? You can't. No. Right. Can you go in a car just for a pleasure ride? I'm telling you, Yontalamid is very tricky. Maybe we should do a class on that one. I Wait, don't know. Can you just like, not clarify today. that, like, like, is it okay to take pictures on Halloween? I see a lot of very respectable rabbis take taking pictures on Halloween. Do I take pictures on Halloween? Uh, my personal Judaism doesn't come into this class. It's <laughs> 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 like on Shabbat, let's say you're walking. Um, for example, like, not to bring the vibe down, I was in Pittsburgh, like, went to like shul right after like a friday after the shooting right. and there were cameras like everywhere like yeah. outside um should i have been like stop go away no, no, no. Or, so like, that's what you said like you, do you, i allow them to video me do i like yeah you don't have to avoid no, that's what you said you like, it couldn't have been avoided there was like a hundred like again even if you can avoid it you have no mitzvah so to is avoid that it. like me like no so, so, me so, so i'm telling you the uh, 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 a non-jew has no uh Prohibition of doing malach on Shabbos, right? Yeah. They're allowed to do malach. They're allowed to do the thirty-nine malachs on Shabbos. Yeah. Now the problem with asking a goy to take a picture of you is that the rabbis decreed you're not allowed to get a non-Jew to do a malacha for you. Okay. They made that decree. Why? They made it for various reasons. Yeah. However, if he's not doing it for you, he's doing it for himself. He's taking a picture for you because he wants to have a picture of you going to the synagogue, whatever it is. You have no requirement to stop him doing a malacha. Understand? Okay. You don't even have to avoid that. 
Yeah. Even if you know, you walk through a certain plaza and there's always so tourists so that are taking pictures. Like if, if it's a Jew, it's different because yeah. you're causing a Jew to lie. It's a whole different story. But I mean, what if you have no idea? No, it's true, they're going. Yeah, in Israel. So in Israel, right. In Israel, well, first yeah. of all, the amount of Goyesha tour, the people that are taking pictures of a Haredim at the Kosel are probably going, first of all. They're from like the Asian tourists, generally. The cameras are very close to us. They were trying to like interview us with microphones and we were like, Yeah, she wouldn't be allowed to be Do you just say like no? Like, you could, like, are you doing anything wrong? They like are like hello, hello, and you're like no. You could say no, but you could just ignore it. Also, I'm saying yeah. you can do whatever you want. Wait, yeah. Can you be? be can be interviewed? Can no, you know, yeah. you don't be interviewed. Yeah. No, you be interviewed. Yeah. Because like when we said no, then they were like they declined to comment. And I was like, I didn't. <laughs> it's like oh, dodgy. Oh, they they like came to us and they're like, and we were like sorry. She sorry. It's the Holy Sabbath. Yeah. They'll nod because they have no idea what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what they said. They declined to come. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's continue. Okay. Um, x-rays. X-rays are considered to be pictures, and therefore it's an image. If you an x-ray, if you need an x-ray, to, you're in hospital for whatever reason. Somebody's in hospital for every reason. And they need an x-ray to be performed. So if they're performing an x-ray in a hospital, chances are it's urgent. It's life-threatening. Or it's like a broken bone, which we say could be life-threatening. Depends on the case. But chances are you have to let it down. But let's say it's, it's a routine x-ray. I don't know if there's such a thing. It's some kind of... It's a, there is? Yeah? Good. It's not a routine x-ray. And it doesn't make a difference if it's done, you know, 5 o'clock in the afternoon or 9 o'clock at night. It doesn't make a difference. So are you allowed to have that x-ray done? So they're doing it for you. So... With the yeah. Degree, are you saying? I don't think so. Like, are you saying? I'm saying if it's for your health, it, that, that's not a blanket statement. That's not a correct statement as a blanket statement for Shabbos, right? Shabbos, the the the, the, the rule is if it's life threatening, even a minute chance of life threatening, we consider Shabbos like weekday, and we do whatever we need to do by the greatest rabbis to to alleviate the situation. But if it's not, then Shabbos is Shabbos and, and Shabbos is in effect. Right, on a biblical level, on a, if, if if we're talking about transgressing a rabbinic level, then already we we, we can discuss and it gets very uh, detailed and specific. But if the again, if there's anything which is even the slightest slightest doubt that it could be life threatening, and there are, the halacha gives different uh, ideas and examples life threatening, then we will break Shabbos immediately by the greatest of the rabbis. But if it's not that, then it's not so easy just to say. Are you allowed to take pills on Shabbos? Depends. So most pills, I'm saying, there's, there's, it's, there's, there's no good answer. It's yes or no. But a lot of pills you're not allowed to take on Shabbos. If you have a minor headache on Shabbos, you're allowed to take a pill. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. What's that? If you have a small headache, you have a minor you headache. You're allowed to take a pill on Shabbos? No. no. Right. Wait, ah, it's going to make you feel healthier. You know that, right? But if you have a migraine, you're allowed to take a pill. Why? We'll discuss. Oh, not this class. Maybe we'll do medicine in another class. Okay, let, let's continue. What? If somebody takes pills like daily, not like a daily medication, but if someone's always taking what kind of or Tylenol or something like that, yeah, as like a daily occurrence, Shabbos they shouldn't be. Why are they taking it? Let's say they get headaches, but not migraines. So if they're taking it daily, yes. then they're probably going to be getting migraines. The kind of person that get migraines. Again, it's very nuanced. Every single detail makes a difference, but just to give a little rule, if you're going to be rendered um, 
useless. In other words, you're going to be lying in bed. Yeah. It's going to cause you not to do anything. Or you're going to be in extreme pain. Then we will like to take the medication. That, that's that's a rule of thumb to go by. If it's less than that, so like if it's a headache that you're not going to go to work on, if it's such a migraine, you're going to lie in bed, then you're allowed to take medication. If it's a headache that you can, it's just annoying, but you can still function, then you wouldn't be allowed to take medication. And that would be for a lot of different things. Hay fever, you know, some people get hay, they're totally gone. Other people until you know, their nose is a bit fuzzy. Um, there's many other cases like that. If it's a medication that you need to take for a week, like the doctor gives you a penicillin you need to take for a week, it's a good question. You are allowed to take it there, but there's very reason as to why you're allowed. If you can avoid, if you can take it right before shops or after shops, it's better. But if you need to take it, you can. Kids, lumbolinin. Anyway, it's a whole different rule. It's a whole different rules. It's called truth on shops. It's a whole different topic. We allowed to like. I'm saying like for health, like people have to take pills like every morning. So it depends what the pills are for. People are taking vitamin C. No, you shouldn't be taking that. But if people are taking, you know, if they have like a. What he prescribe it for? But what did he describe it for? Let's say it's for like depression or or, or um. So if it's blood a pre- pressure, or cholesterol. So so like what well, you know? How bad is it? If you don't take this pill, is it severely dangerous? Then you have to take it. But if you know you can get away with taking, my father takes pills every single every single morning, for uh, what it is exactly. Something like with the cows, whatever. So. He, he asked the doctor, is it okay if I take a right before Shabbos? Right after Shabbos. The doctor said, yeah, you could do it. Once a week, you could do it. So that's what he does. If the doctor said, no, you would have to take it on Shabbos, then he'll take it on Shabbos. You mean he just like takes it later in the day instead of in the morning? Like, like at night? He takes it supposed to take morning or night. So he said if he skips the Shabbos the morning one and he takes one right before Shabbos and right after Shabbos, fine. As long as then it's okay, nothing's going to happen with that. So it has to be and it just, you just, like, you'll do it with the doctor. If it does arise, the doctor, you have to take certain pills on Shabbos. You're between a doctor and a rabbi, you're fair. if it needs to be taken at this specific time, every day, and it's dangerous if you don't, then obviously you, you'll go to the rabbi and you'll say, listen, this is what the doctor said. Sometimes doctors say, take it twice a day. Yeah, if you miss Shabbos morning, take it right before or after, when nothing will matter. Fine, then do that. If it will, will make a big difference, then you'll call the rabbi and you'll find out already how to do it. Okay. Um, so the, 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 the idea of an x-ray is a bit more complicated because... Um, the x-ray let's say it could be postponed but let's say the doctor doesn't want to postpone it because he wants to go home he doesn't want to stay in hospital for another few hours so then he's doing the x-ray now for himself so then now the x-ray is being done for himself and you're allowed to have the x-ray done to you right so it's, it's not so simple the Amir Al-Akum Paul Amir Al-Akum thing is the problem that you're asking someone to do it for you? no it comes in and says you need the x-ray done he's doing it for you and by him he'll just as well do it in three hours time he thinks you want it done now so you know if you could tell him to push off after Shabbos that's good but if he's going home and he doesn't want to wait till after Shabbos then he's doing it now for him so then the reason why he's doing it now on Shabbos is for him uh, this halacha is very practical when you're having like maids or, or helpers in the house so are they allowed to do malacha for you or not on Shabbos it's big so yeah, we're not going to get into it now okay Right, so now they, in other words, they want to do the x ray now because they want to get rid of you already. So then they're doing it for themselves. But what if the hospital doesn't mind incurring such a bill against you? But you're incurring a bill against, like, it's uh. not smart for your family to yeah I'm saying even with that again I think most times if they if, if they want you out of the hospital bed that means they're not making any extra money the, that doctor who's going to do the extra isn't, many, 
isn't making any extra money by having you incur this bill. They want you out of the bed to clear the space. They want to get their job up and done. So they're doing it pretty much for themselves. Yeah. Again, but if it's anything that they need to know for anything which is vital for you, of course you're allowed to do it. Right? Again, this is all talking about where it's totally like just routine. They don't need to know it now necessarily. You know, it doesn't make a difference if it's done in five hours' time. Fine. I'm just bringing it out there. I brought it out more to show you the idea that the picture, the x-ray, is a problematic. That's the idea. Okay. What about, so I mentioned before, you're allowed to walk in, uh, you mentioned mud or dust, you're allowed to walk in snow. It's a very common example. Your boots have tread, which are making a design. Or often even shoes have like the logo, which will make the picture or words, like the inverse of that, on the snow mud that you tread. Are you allowed to do that? So the answer is yes, you're allowed to do, for various reasons, because it's uh, it's shinoi, which means uh, you're doing something in a weird way, together with a psych- uh, it's a psych ratio. There's a lot of different rabbinical leniencies thrown in, in order to make it that you're allowed to do it. However, you're not allowed to intentionally go ahead and do it. So if you look down in the snow to look at, wow, look at these uh, imprints that are being made by my boots, that you're not allowed to do that, okay? Because that, that, that makes it now, it's a, you want it, which makes it a lot more uh, um, <clears throat> If you have an option of not walking in sand, should you take that option? If it's, if, 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 it's a good question. It's, I saw that actually being discussed. If, you, if it's very easy to avoid and you're dafka walking in the snow, then you shouldn't do that. But it's like a shorter cut. If it's a shorter cut, then you can do it, yeah. You know, there's no problem to walk in snow, even if it makes an image, as long as you're not intentionally walking on the snow. That's and the idea of it. Same, same thing. But so if someone intentionally wants to go walk on the beach, that's an issue. No, 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 no. You intentionally want to make a design on the sand. Oh, okay. But if you are walking and you have an option to walk on the promenade or you have an option to walk on the sand and you're choosing to go... You want to walk on the beach because it's fine. You can walk on the beach. Okay. What's that? Um, Whereas the point is don't walk on there to make the imprint. That's what you're not allowed to do. Okay. Um... Uh, etch, etch a sketch and these kinds of toys where you uh, I don't know exactly I think it's magnetized dust I think that's how it works with like you take that pen on the yeah, new and you twist it and, like, ah right that's another one like the two twists in each yeah, thing that's right that's etch and sketch, that's, that's etch and sketch. Oh, no, but I know the one you're talking about like it's like all these different games where you make an image or words or designs and then you shake it or you, there's that one where you write and you lift up the thing and it goes away. I don't say how it works. I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like you. Yeah. Yeah. So all these different things, it's all totally temporary, but nevertheless, it's rabbinically forbidden, like we've discussed. Even temporary is rabbinically forbidden. Therefore, you're not allowed to play with these things on Shabbos. I should mention, if your kid's playing with things on Shabbos, do you have to scream and take it away? If your kid's playing in a, a musical uh, thing, is it? And it turns how old he is. If he's reached chinuch, which means he's already chinuch means when you have to start the proper education, we generally said it's about the age of six and seven. If he's very bright and very with it, maybe five. If he's a little bit slow, maybe seven, eight. But as soon as he gets the chap things, you know, he starts understanding the Shabbos and this isn't in a proper way. So before that age, you're not allowed to give him prohibited things to do. But if he does it, you're not required to stop him. Because like you're, you're not allowed to give him something muksa to play with. Or tell him to do something muksa. Is that six or seven? Until six or seven, yeah. Oh, until six or seven. Before that age, 
You're not, you don't admit to you're not required to stop him from playing, you know, this truck which makes a beep beep sound when you press the button. You're not required to stop him from doing that. Now, some people want to start chinuch even earlier, and that's a nice thing because you know you can encourage him, but admit to take it away and scream at him and do anything like that. And the same applies for you know. We discussed it to meet the milk. Actually, we discussed it. You're not allowed to give your child something treif. That's also different. That's also a to my life. That's that gets worse also. It's more ruchnistic reasons. But the, the the point is that a little child who hasn't yet reached the understanding of muks or not muks or any of these concepts of Shabbos or the, of whatever it is, you're not allowed to give him his three three is You don't have to stop him away from it. So if he, you know, on Shabbos that shouldn't be his toy that he's playing with. But if he does happen to take it out of the cupboard and he really wants it, and it's going to kick up kick up a whole fuss. So if he hasn't reached the age of chinuch, it's fine. Just let him do his thing in the side room. Okay. Can I just ask you? Sorry, going back to when you said about a puzzle. Mm-hmm. I've heard that it's okay to make a puzzle if you leave the last piece out. That's, that's a separate issue. That would be an even worse issue of Makkah Patish, where you're completing the puzzle. But even just to make so, a puzzle is problematic. So what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. You're leaving the last piece, like you're not completing it. But those puzzles have a lot of pictures in pictures. It's not just so one big you're picture. Com- okay, fine. Okay. Um, this is interesting. Okay. We mentioned that the rabbi said things that will lead you to writing, you're also not allowed to do. So, the, the most common example of that is business transactions, uh, making business deals on Shabbos, discussing business deals on Shabbos, uh, and that could be buying, selling, or even giving a gift. Now, this is forbidden either way because of uh, the prophet Isaiah tells us. That Vedabar Davar, tells us that things that you do during the week, you're not allowed to do on Shabbos. And part of including that is discussing business and making business transactions, etc., etc. So they're forbidden either way, but they're also forbidden because of this concern that these are things which lead to writing, to signing of contracts, to writing down terms and conditions, and therefore as an additional reason why these things are prohibited. So giving a gift on Shabbos is problematic because it's a, it's a transaction. A gift, you should not. Halacha views a gift as a legal transaction. So I just first understand the idea. Halacha considers a gift to be a legal transaction. It is. I'm saying it is even even in you know in legal laws. If you give a person a gift, it's theirs. You can't. Oh, I was just joking. No, it's theirs. <laughs> they have to give it back to you. So. Um, Wait. So with the legal transaction, when people bid for like. Oh, so, 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 good. We'll get that. We'll get that one second. Um, so that also included, including that, is also like reading different legal books. You're not allowed to read uh, business books, newspapers dealing with business, like the Wall Street Journal. Any of these things are all prohibited, because when you're dealing with business, besides for Dabra Dava, the idea of involving yourself in mundane weekday things, which is prohibited either way, there's an additional prohibition of dealing in business reading contracts, reading utility bills and all these things, which very often lead a person to write down with further records, the conditions, reminders, whatever it is that you're not allowed to do. Even uh, proofreading you're not allowed to do. If you have a, if your job is to proofread, I'm reading. You know, you're not allowed to read proofs. If it's a safer, it's really different to say you're coming to learn, that's a really different thing. Studying for tests and secular studies you're not allowed to do because you're preparing for on showers during the week. Also, we're afraid you might come to write. Studying for Jewish tests, you're allowed to do because a Torah is Torah of its own merit, and even if you don't have to, you're studying Torah for Torah, and the fact that it also happens to be a test, as long as you don't actually verbalize, I'm studying for a test, that's not an issue. I just will mention here, 
once we're talking about doing a thing, if you're going on a trip, Matzah Shabbos, are you allowed to go to sleep on Shabbos in order to have energy for Matzah Shabbos? Because are you prepared? Is that considered to be prepared? You're not, you're not allowed to prepare for Shabbos to Matzah Shabbos. People take naps anyway. So good. So again, you're not prepared. You're not prepared on Shabbos for after Shabbos. So as long as you don't actively say, I am going to sleep in order that I should have energy for Matzah Shabbos, you're allowed to go to sleep because it's a very normal thing to go to sleep. So it's always starting for a Jewish. You know, I'm starting for this test in order that I should have a good, whatever. Well, I'll study for a, a, a Jewish studies test. Yeah. Someone once said that you shouldn't read a recipe book on Shabbos because it's the same idea that you're sitting there and you're going to say like, oh, um, I'm going to want to change that or like yeah. that seems so like that goes on this. Yeah, that, that would be, that, that would be, uh, that's, con- that's included in this if we're afraid that you're going to make corrections and write down. That would be included in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, if you're just reading it like just to look at it because it's interesting, like you like or reading you like recipes, or, or you actually like reading recipes, but you're not looking to actually make the thing. That's 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 that's, that's better. But like, if you're looking for a recipe book and you're like, oh, okay, like let me see, like these recipes look nice to make. Like because when someone's like looking through a recipe book, they'll be like, oh, this one seems nice. Like let me put a mark. And in others, it. you're a lot of per 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 use. How do you say it? per use? Peruse. Peruse. A lot of peruse through a recipe book. Or something to that effect, but to like look at a recipe, it's like to decide making it or not. That would be more problematic. Or like plan, like putting a book yeah, yeah, yeah. people off the shabbos. That'd be more problematic. Yeah. So you can't study at all for like exams, like secular exams. It's problematic. Like, if you have an exam the next that month of shabbos or Sunday morning, you really need to ask your rabbi and see. Okay. But like, what if you're just someone who like every day like likes to read over their notes so that they can like learn more, like. Right, so I'll tell you. Let's say I don't have an exam coming up, but I just want to like remember what I learned. Or There's something. a general prohibition against doing weekday activities on Shabbos. Okay. General prohibition against that. Okay. But that would dive now. What exactly this includes is reading a newspaper under this prohibition okay. or not? It's probably it's questionable. Some people say yeah, you're allowed. Some people say no, it's mundane. I'm just telling you. Yeah. Reading a novel. You ever read a novel on Shabbos? Yeah, but I thought it was allowed. So I'm just telling you that most people say you're a ladder, but the, the, I'm just saying it's not like the most simple thing in the world. Yeah. Okay. Reading a novel of Jewish themes, you're totally a ladder. So if it like brings to, they say if it brings to uh, yeah. better values, more belief in God, better midas, etc. Reading just, I don't know, an obliden model. Especially if it has more negative stuff, right? Um, or the Hardy Boys, like, like, but if it's like more negative, like, like the models which adults read, so that would be a question if 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 that's what you do on Shabbos. So I consider doing Monday work to do. And you, again, you'll ask your rabbi to tell you exactly what to do. If you're not going to do anything, if you're not going to read a no- novel, you're going to be going out and driving to the car or fishing or whatever it is, then obviously, right? That's what's left to eat. If someone reads sports, like in the newspaper, like leaving the mundane issue aside, let's say they, they make bets often in sports, but they also enjoy reading it. Uh-huh. Are so they- is that you worry about them coming to write down yeah. tallies? Interesting. Interesting. But they, so yes, they if that's what they do, if that's what they do, like they read the sports and they jot down their notes, I'll probably be under this ban of reading things which will lead you to write. What about studying, um, like reading like a secular studies book, but like for fun? That would like go on. Non-fiction. That would go on to the same thing as reading a novel. Go on to the same but idea. It's not fiction. It doesn't make a difference. Like it just like a history like chemistry. Book? Yeah. Yeah. So you like to know about chemistry? Good, you're reading it. Yeah, yeah. That'll be the same thing as reading a novel. Mm-hmm. Are you allowed to just well, read? Are you allowed to read about? Are you allowed to read about non-Jewish topics on Shabbos? Question. That's the answer. That's what I told you. As I'm telling you, it's it's you have to ask your rabbi. If you need to do it, you have to ask your rabbi. Like let's say reading chemistry for fun. 
Would you say no? Me personally, I wouldn't do it. If my kid was doing it, depends how old he is. I can tell I grew up in it. My father wouldn't let us read not Jewish novels on Shabbos. He would take away all the asterisk comments on Shabbos. Right? When we were little kids, no. When we got older, yeah. You know, because of the more of a dabber dabber, that it's not, it's a mundane thing we're doing on Shabbos. Shabbos is there, not just so you can sit and laze around. Shabbos is there to relax. Jewish relaxing is part of that entails getting involved with Yonasham. Reading fantasy novels or science novels doesn't only help that out. That's all. Yeah. Um, let's just go back to the skiffs thing. It's very common for the rabbi or the, or the president of the shul to give like a bar mitzvah boy or bar mitzvah girl like a siddur or a chumash or something. Siddur, yeah. So, so how do they do that? How, if they're, they're allowed to give a gift? In shul, in front of the Sefer Torah, they go and pray. How, how do they do that? <laughs> 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 Wait, what's going against Can't them? they use it right away or something? How like does that help? That's a knowledgeable rabbi. Well done. Who's your rabbi? <laughs> no, very good. So there are two ways. To, so again, we said it's a pro- problem to give a gift. You're not allowed to give a gift. Because a gift is a transaction. And making a transaction is not allowed to do it because they're going to come to writing. So how do they get around? There's two ways to get around it. The first way is what we just said over here, is that you give it a... So you can actually give it to them. But you tell them that I'm only officially giving you this transaction to be to take place after Shabbos. Now you're planning for after Shabbos. <gasps> so you're not... Mm-hmm. You're giving it to them to use for now. You're giving it to them to use for now. But the, the transactions are not taking place after Shabbos. But his ownership of it only comes into play after Shabbos. After Shabbos, exactly. So I didn't give a gift on Shabbos. Another trick which other people do is they give it to a third party before Shabbos to accept the gift on his behalf and you're allowed to accept a gift on behalf of somebody else you did tell the no, that's that. well, well, the, thir- the, the third person the third person but yeah meaning do you have to say oh by the way don't worry we gave it to someone else oh you're saying because the crowd the congregation is like Rabbi how could you do that yeah maybe hopefully if it's, it's hopefully you've done it before and they know exactly you know what's going on here but that's what they do they'll tell you that you know um, they could, they could, they, before Shabbos they give it to somebody else Accept this on behalf of the Barmitzah boy. They're allowed to accept it. And then when they give to you on Shabbos, it's already been yours. Because you're allowed to accept a gift on behalf of someone if it's for their benefit. Even if they didn't know about it. So those are two tricks that different congregations do. What about yeah. when you know it's just good to know. Like you should yeah. bear in mind. What about what? Ah, oh, so yeah, good. So if it's for the Tzorach Mitzvah, you're allowed to do these transactions. So bringing food for a Shabbos meal or something that they're going to enjoy for that Shabbos meal or again, the kids are going to enjoy that Shabbos day, whatever it is, or flat, you know, they brought the Shabbos for Shabbos anyway, but these things you're allowed to do. We're giving a sitter. We're giving a sitter, so, so the sitter, it's already been, up. it's not really considered Tzarek Mitzvah, because they're actually using a sitter right now. That's fine, yeah, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. It's, it's food for the Shabbos meal, it's food for the Shabbos meal. Another interesting thing that you see in shows the whole time is bidding for Aliyahs and, uh, mm-hmm. so and uh, appeals on Yom Kippur. And appeals and all these kinds of things, which is no chance. I mean, that's for the Tzarek Mitzvah, the rabbis allow. So, that's what I said with the sitter, like the Chumash, what if they open it, like learn something or say something? Is that considered to be the Tzarek Mitzvah? Good question. So, it's fine. You could just say, we're giving Tzedakah. Yeah, giving Tzedakah is problematic because your money is muksa. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not. It's like the same thing. No, no, no. Okay, so good. Okay, so let, so let me clarify that. When we come to rabbinic decrees, they're very okay. Why rabbinic? Why rabbinic tra- uh, 
Let me fill it. Not trans am. Transgression? No. Anyway. Rabbinic why are they always somewhat much more complicated? Because according to the biblical, there's nothing to do about it. Torah says you can't change the Torah whatsoever. And the only condition of transgressing that is if in, in, in the threat of loss of life. Okay? When the rabbis decreed, in their decrees, they had built in times when the decrees don't apply. And we see this throughout all halacha. And as the rabbis said, we are decreeing in such a case, except for this in this case, is applied. So in other words, we're not breaking the rabbinic decree. The rabbinic decree was never meant to be established in such a case. Right, I heard that like... So you understand, do you understand the difference over here? Here's it again. When the Torah prohibits something, it's prohibited. There's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, but the, idea the only way you can get about, around that is if it's a threat of life. Now, when the rabbis decreed, often in their decrees were built in backdoor uh, way, ways out. So we're not transgressing the rabbinic decree. The rabbi said, in such a scenario, we never made our decree. And since it's the rabbis that made the decree in the first place, they're able to say where and when our decrees do or do not apply. So let's give a very classic example is that we're just discussing before about taking medication on Shabbos. So if you're very sick, you're allowed to take. If you're not very sick, you're not allowed to take. They're both not life-threatening. Why all of a sudden are the differences? Because the idea of taking medication on Shabbos is a rabbinic decree to begin with. So therefore, the rabbi said, in a case where you are very sick, even as life-threatening, we are going to allow you, we are not making our decree in such a case. In a case where you're only moderately sick, that's where our decree is applying. And many, many, many other sub-details. That's just a very broad example. So you have, to, you, you, have to, you have to look at it correctly. We're trying to ascertain in what scenarios did the rabbis yes or not make their decree. So over here, the way it's like this. In a case of mitzvah, mitzvah, this rabbinic prohibition about making a transaction on Shabbos wasn't decreed. So we're not transgressing a rabbinic uh, prohibition. We're understanding the full context of the Say again. Why even worrying about giving a gift on Shabbos? Because if it's not a mitzvah, if it's not for a mitzvah, then they did decree in such a case. So they said for this particular law, but if it's for a mitzvah? Yeah, correct. This, this worry, this concern that we have, that, right, that, that doing these transactions will lead a person to ride on Shabbos, in a case for mitzvah, we don't have it. We don't have this we didn't put on this prohibition this rabbinic prohibition and they're allowed to do that because they're the ones that made the prohibitions to begin with so they're allowed to limit the prohibition to how to, to where they want it to be limited to you're saying not writing on Shabbos is a oh no you're saying not doing business not doing yeah not writing on Shabbos is a, is a biblical but not doing not discussing the business transaction lest you may come to write is rabbinic and in the case of a mitzvah the rabbis didn't make such a decree you're saying that giving tzedakah is a whole different area of, of muksa, which could also be rabbinic, but they didn't waver their muksa in case of a mitzvah. Right? And each uh, prohibition, even of the rabbis, has to be understood in its context where and where they didn't. And a lot of times, one act could have under five or six different prohibitions. It's very likely to happen. It happens are very any often. Sure, Amir al-Akum is a very famous one, telling a non-Jew to do a malacha for you. So if it's a rabbinic malacha and it's for a mitzvah, so shvus, it's the, the Hebrew consequence, shvus to shvus mitzvah. So if it's a rabbinic decree and you're asking a goy, so it's two rabbinics in a row, right? You're getting the goy to do a rabbinic decree, so that's the goy, rabbinic decree, 
two prohibitions. For a mitzvah, they allowed. It's a shvus to shvus to mitzvah. That's a rabbinic of a rabbinic for a mitzvah, they allowed. Uh, there's many, many, many examples. I, the, the most complicated aspects in halacha are the derabana ones. Because there are so many cases where if it's a shini and this and this, then we allow. Uh, and then it gets, that's why it gets very confusing. And really, each case has to be studied very well on its own. Isn't it that like the rabbinic laws are rabbinic because like Hashem wanted them to be laws that have like these types of back doors? Not like they're from the Torah because that is one reason. That could be one reason. Yeah, Hashem wants it to be a. a if it's not because like they decided, oh, we're making it, so like we're going to be lenient because it's like humans making the law, but it's like. No, the reason why they're lenient is because they only saw fit to make it in certain cases where they saw fit to make it. Not because humans don't have the power to make it stricter. They could have if they wanted to. The rabbis have the power to do what they want. Okay. Um, um, do we start a mechik now? No, we don't. It's 9.08. It's 9.08. I'll mention one, one, one thing. Because we, we touch on it. a cake with writing on it. So, writing on a cake, you're not allowed to do. Are you allowed to break writing of a cake? So, just to, we're going to touch this again next week. I just want to mention it. The inverse of writing is mechik, which is wiping away, erasing the writing. Now, how this plays out is quite complicated. So, we're going to do that next week. I'm going to say one example cake which has writing on it. Are you allowed to cut the writing? You're erasing the writing. Oh. So, are we, are we allowed to cut it or erase it? Cut it. Well, when you cut it, you're going to be erased. Cut and go all erase it. That's why the Jewish papers have like a piece of plastic where they type the letter and you remove the plastic off the Well, people just write on chocolate. Same idea. So, the best, the best, that, that would be the best advice. The best advice is you, they write the, whatever they want to write on a chocolate slab or on a piece of plastic, whatever it is. They put that on top of the cake and they just take that whole piece off. But, cool. If you did that, fantastic. What if you didn't do that? Can you? Ah, see it. Hold that in a second. Well, she had writing there, and then she smeared it, like erased it, and then cut it. Maybe she only smeared half of it or whatever. That's interesting. She wouldn't have smeared the whole thing because she was cutting the cake. Hmm. Interesting. I'd like to find out more about it. Sounds very interesting. Maybe Oscar. I mean, I'm just saying, because in that case, just like... So I, I will tell you. The whole idea of cutting the writing on a cake is machlekes to begin with, okay? A lot of opinions say that it's food. Uh, again, this is all if it's edible. If it's writing, like, not edible stuff, then it's way stricter. But if it's edible, like icing or something like that, it's... Some say it's food. And the fact that it's writing is only secondary to the fact that it's food. No, it's not considered to be destroying writing over here. It's considered to be food. That doesn't apply. You can't use that same leniency to make the writing to begin with, okay? That only applies for the destroying of the writing. So you can't say, oh, it's only food, so I'm therefore going to write it down with jelly beans. That doesn't work like that. But to cut the writing, the main part of that is food. So therefore, okay, that's one opinion. However, the minig is to be machmer. The, the custom is to be strange on this. Which is we don't cut the writing of the cake. So what do you do? You can cut through the writing. You can cut uh, through. You can cut around the writing. In other words, you, you're allowed. To, you don't. You're allowed to cut the letters in half. You know, you're allowed to cut in between the letters. So if you have an S and an H, you're allowed to cut between the S and H. You're not allowed to cut 
you're not allowed to cut the S in half, you're allowed to cut between the S and H. And how do you eat the S? Right. Oh, good. Like eating is eating. <laughs> eating. Yeah, it's a mitzvah. <laughs> right. So eating is a lot more permissible because there's a rule and you see throughout Shabbos that when you're doing something to be eating, it's a lot more permissible. In other words, cutting to eat is more stringent than taking it and eating it. Okay, as as to why that exists, it's for another time. But we see it in we see it in many cases. The actual act of eating doesn't have the malacha of 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 moichik. So you can also just all eat out of the pan. What's that? Like if everybody just, just digs into the pan, then that's also fine. Because it's going straight. No, 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 no. Dig, eating means the act of eating, like going in your mouth, not cutting out. Not and a, so like then a, with a fork, it's a problem. Yeah, it's the same problem as cutting with a knife. Okay. Oh. Eating means like, so like the piece munching it in your mouth. Then we're not going to be worried about destroying the letters. Oh. We're lenient. But isn't a fork there? Like you, people normally eat with. Yeah, 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 but it's the actual act of going into your mouth. Meaning, okay, so you have a piece cake yeah. that has an S on it, and you've cut out the S. Now you're allowed and to buy you through. You're you but you can't take your fork and stab it in. And no, it's for the same reason that you can't lechatchila cut through it, but you're allowed to take that and bite into that. It's like a really messy cake, which you would never eat with your hands. Like, meaning the normal way to eat it is with a fork. So then, so then scoop off the top. Oh, okay. So, 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 so that's the other leniency. The other leniency is take the letters off. Now, preferable to take the letters off with a little bit of cake underneath. Could be boirer, which we've discussed previously. Yeah, you're separating good from bad. They're both really food, so it's not necessarily good from bad. But we are. To make a long story short, if you can take the letters off with a little bit of the cake underneath, good. If not, you can also take the letters off as they are. That's a simple solution. Either you cut around it, you can break the words, just cut around the letters, take the letters off. This is still under Kosev, right? Yeah, well, no, it's under Moichik, which is the inverse of Kosev. It's a separate malacha. In Hebrew? Yeah. Mem, Vav, Ches, Kuf. In Hebrew, an eraser is machak, I think. Machok means like the white out. Um, but I will tell you if the if the design picture or there's a lot about pictures. A lot of nowadays you have pictures on cakes and I don't know how they do it, but they do it. If you have the design or the writing is part of the actual cake itself, not an addition to the cake, then it's a lot more lenient. So cookies have this the whole time. Like on the cookie, you have like engraved on the cookie. It's unengraved. Whatever you have, like the actual logo of the cookie. To like Lotus cookies has the word lo- Lotus on it, right? Or cookies have smiley faces or whatever it is. So there, it's not like icing on top of a cake. It's the actual cookie dough itself is part of the thing. So there, it's way more easy to say that the main thing is the cookie. And the writing is really, really secondary towards the cookie. Now, when you have icing on the cake. So it's an argument. Do we say that it's there for the writing and it happens to be we make it edible because it's convenient like that? Or do we say the main thing is there for the food and it happens to be that you did writing because you wanted to have writing? They just two equal sides to go on smachlikas. But when the writing or the design is, is gufa, is, is part of the actual cake itself, then clearly the design or the writing is very very secondary to the actual fact that it's part of the cookie batter it's part of the food itself 
and that will allow you to eat it, so you don't have to munch the whole lotus cookie in your mouth at one time. You'll have to break it in half, even if you're breaking through the word lotus, and eat it. Okay? And answer that difference? Um, what about if it's, um, like, the cake is made into, like, a harsini or something, or, like, or like some sort of figure, like, or, like, complicated fondue on top? Ah, like, like they make, like, safer turret cakes. Yeah. But Stuff that's like an that. addition. Right. So if it's... Well, so it could be an actual cake because people will right. cut the cake. So if it's the actual form of the cake mm-hmm. itself, then you'd be allowed to because it's, it's the actual cake mm-hmm. as opposed to a thing put on the cake. So you're just like... You hear the difference? The difference is yeah. looking at is it writing or is it food? Right? Yeah. Cool. Okay. But then, so the, the issue of cutting is writing. It's writing specifically, not like a picture. No, no, it applies to pictures also. 